Welcome to another episode of the ASMR University Podcast. I'm Dr. Craig Richard, and this podcast explores the history, the art, and the science of autonomous sensory meridian response. If you have any questions or feedback, my email is asmruniversity at gmail.com or you can use the comment box at my website asmruniversity.com This episode is a summary of the data from the first peer-reviewed research publication about ASMR. The paper is titled Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, a Flow-Like Mental State, and it is authored by Emma Barrett and Nick Davis. At the time of the publication, the authors were members of the Department of Psychology at Swansea University in the United Kingdom. The publication was officially published as a peer-reviewed publication on March 26, 2015, but was initially published as a preprint on December 18, 2014. The study was initially reviewed and approved by the Swansea University Department of Psychology Ethics Committee prior to the initiation of data collection. The data in the publication was collected from an online survey which was completed by 475 participants. These participants consisted of a similar number of males and females and were aged from 18 to 54 years, with an average age of 25 years. The survey participants resided throughout the world, with the strongest representation from the USA and Western Europe. Now I'll go ahead and delve into the data from the paper. I won't cover all the data, but I will summarize most of it. Why did the participants watch ASMR videos? The most common answer selected by 98% was to relax. 82% selected to help me sleep. 70% selected to deal with stress. And one of the least selected answers by only 5% of the participants was the option for sexual stimulation. Which items triggered tingling sensations for the participants 
when viewing ASMR videos. The most common option selected by 75% of the participants was whispering. 69% selected personal attention. 64% selected crisp sounds. 53% selected slow movements. 36% selected repetitive movements. 13% selected smiling. 3% selected airplane noise. 2% selected vacuum cleaner noise. And 2% also selected laughing. What time of the day did the participants watch ASMR videos? And for this question, they could select more than one option. The most common option selected by 81% was before sleeping. 30% selected whenever I have spare time. 4% selected upon waking. 2% selected mid-morning. And 2% selected midday. Did the participants require specific conditions to achieve ASMR? The most common response by 52% was yes. 48% selected no. This question also had an area for open comments. And the most common comment was that there was a requirement for quiet and relaxed conditions when experiencing ASMR. At what age did participants first experience, quote, this tingling sensation, unquote? The most common response from 51% was between the age of 5 and 10. 14% selected at 5 years. And 9% selected after 18 years. Did the tingling sensation originate in one area of the participants' bodies. The most commonly selected answer was yes by 63% of the participants. And of this group, 41% specified that the sensation originated in their head and 29% specified it originated in their shoulders. The remaining 27% selected no to this question.
Did any medications affect the experience of tingling at all? The majority of participants did not report using any medication, but 112 participants did report using a medication. And of these 112 participants using a medication, 92% were unsure of any effect of the medication on ASMR. 5% reported no effect of the medication on ASMR. And about 3% reported decreased ASMR due to an antidepressant, sleeping pills, and the other drug mentioned was clonazepam. Did the participants feel that watching ASMR videos had an effect on their mood? The most common response was yes, from 80%. And the authors of the paper showed a graph of the mood scores to show that the average effect on the mood was positive. 6% selected no, and 14% did not select a response. The authors also did a data analysis to show that those scoring as high risk for depression demonstrated a large improvement to mood compared to those scoring as non-depressed. They also showed that a high risk for depression was correlated to a faster decrease of the effect of ASMR on mood. When participants were asked about mood and the tingles they experienced, about 50% reported a change in mood regardless of tingles experienced, and about 30% reported a change in mood only when tingles were experienced. Did any of the participants suffer from any chronic pain or illness? The majority did not, but 19% did select yes to this question. And of these participants suffering from a chronic pain or illness, about 44% felt that watching ASMR videos did not have an effect on their symptoms. About 42% felt that watching ASMR videos did have an effect on their symptoms, and about 14% did not specify. Did the participants have any family members that experience ASMR? 
the most commonly selected answer by 80% was unsure slash I've never asked. 12% selected no and 8% selected yes. Did any of the participants have any type of synesthesia? The majority of the participants did not have synesthesia, but 7.4% or 35 of the participants did select yes to this question. Of those 35 participants, 29 were assessed by follow-up to actually have synesthesia. The authors did a further data analysis to show that the prevalence of synesthesia in those who experience ASMR is slightly higher, but not significantly higher than the prevalence of synesthesia in the general population. Well, this wraps up my summary of the data from the first peer-reviewed research publication about ASMR. If you're interested in learning more about this paper, I've included several links in the show notes of this episode. There's a link to the publication, so you can explore the paper and the data on your own if you wish, and four links to articles which have written about this publication and the links are titled Part 1, Summary of the Data. And this article served as the transcript for this episode. Part 2, Significance of the Paper. Part 3, Meaning of the Data and Next Steps. And the fourth link is titled Part 4, Interview with the authors. As a reminder, I'll be sharing some of your ASMR experiences in future episodes of this podcast as part of the Voices of ASMR project. If you've not yet shared your ASMR experiences, then you can go to asmruniversity.com and click the link on the home page that says Voices of ASMR. Or you can just use the link in the show notes of this episode. And you may hear me share your specific ASMR experiences on a future episode of this podcast. And finally, if you're enjoying this podcast, then it would be great if you could write a review on iTunes. You can use the link in the show notes of this episode or just go directly to iTunes or to the Apple Podcast app and click the review button for this podcast. I know doing that takes time, so I will sincerely and personally thank you at the start of a future episode. Until next time.
I'm Dr. Craig Richard, and this has been an episode of the ASMR University Podcast.